Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Touchdown, Carolina! It's gone! Touchdown! What a hit! He makes it in! Can you believe it? Gamecocks have won this game! Here are your hosts, J.C. Sherbert. I'll watch him celebrate now! Bill Molinax. My wife doesn't like hanging around losers. And Jamie Bradford. I'm going to tell you, you look like you joined Doug Dynasty. aboard spring practice is here and so is inside the Gamecocks the show live from the Sinorama studios and very proudly presented by Express Sunrooms of Columbia JB JC and Phil until one o'clock or so this afternoon it's pretty full today Perry Orth coming up an hour two and about 15 minutes from now Hale McGranahan with the Big Spur will join us to give us his thoughts on Pro Day yesterday for South Carolina and, of course, what he saw this morning as part of the media session at the uh, practice fields for Gamecock football because spring practice is underway. Shane Beamer was up bright and early. We saw his tweet when I rolled out of bed this morning. He was ready to go before the sun even came up, as a matter of fact. Tonight, Carolina baseball will get their final test before SEC play begins on Friday in Athens, Georgia, it's Presbyterian coming to town tonight. They'll see their former teammate, Chris Veach. We'll see if he gets on the mound or not to pitch against the Blue Hose. Carolina probably looking for some payback. Presbyterian last year did come beat them in Founders Park, as many did. But that has not happened this year as they carry the best record in college baseball into this final test before league play gets going. And, of course, tonight, guys, the first four begins – in men's college hoops as the tournament is set to get underway. A reminder, if you're in the Nanosports chat box, you've probably seen it. Phil has been spamming all of us with the uh, bracket <laughs> challenge that was set up yesterday by Craig Godwin in uh, in honor of our program. So make sure you get in there. Uh, JC will pay the winner $10,000 out of his own pocket, as a matter of fact. <laughs> to the winner of this year's Clowns bracket challenge as part Big of money tournament. Uh, yeah, I, I, I will have prizes for first and second place. Though. It will be a check, by the way. It will be in the form of a check. Good I'll just give you a ten thousand dollar bill. How about that? That's right. <laughs> a ten thousand dollar bill. Oh, wait a second, everybody, hold on, hold on. Hell yeah, has entered the chat. He couldn't even wait to get on the air. He's already in. And he's already given us the 
giving us the the, the good, giving us the goods on uh, practice this morning, talking about pup out. So. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Hale. Yeah. We'll see you here in just a few minutes. Uh, but um, yeah, certainly looking forward to that. And uh, I want to remind everybody as well, make sure you go to travelingcountryclub.com. First of all, these dudes are awesome. It's owned. It's a group of owners, but Michael Manus is one of the owners. Michael Manus played golf at South Carolina and he was really good. And uh, he, as you can probably imagine, is still really good. So he, he is a, a Gamecock alumni. This is one of the coolest things I've ever been a part of travelingcountryclub.com uh, where you get to play over 40 courses in the Carolinas. Just check it out. If you don't believe me, check it out for yourself. And the courses are everywhere. Myrtle Beach, Charlotte, Columbia, Greenville, Charleston, you name it. And they're just continuing to add more. So become a part of a, a club. Bring to life your modern golf experience at travelingcountryclub.com. All right, guys. What's up? Bucky's. Hey, Bucky. Bucky's. Hi, you got to pronounce it right. Bucky's. 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 <laughs> uh, I still have yet to see a Bucky's. Well, Phil, really? once you do, you'll understand. That's so right. You when you guys, next time you go to Myrtle, Phil, go to the one in Florence. Seriously. It's right <laughs> off 95 is my understanding, but uh, it'll be worth it. You yeah, that's the, the one, uh, yeah, that's the one you, the missus hit up already and brought back. Yeah, you, know, you guys will enjoy <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's just right up her alley, too. So, I. Woo, shoe buddy. Uh, Sonda reminds me of the chat box. $10,000 bills do exist. Yes, yeah. I was no, just no, there's a night. Nice, you're going to have a nice prize pack, okay? Uh, we sent Clint a nice prize pack. He enjoyed it. You'll have a similar prize pack, maybe with a few variations. Uh, but uh, don't worry about it. It will include some barbecue sauce and some hot sauce. Speaking of Bucky's. Yeah. Uh, but not from Bucky's necessarily. Um, maybe from Pepper Belly Pete. Who knows? Who knows? May get crazy, but crazy. Uh, anyway, yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Uh, obviously, Hale was out at uh, spring practice this morning. Some good information in the update on the BigSpur.com, and obviously he oh, filled you in there. Um, we do have some baseball news, big picture wise, and I, I don't like this. I'm just going to tell you, I don't. And uh, Jamie is a baseball guy. Maybe you have a different story. So the SEC's—they're doing away with divisions in baseball too. Yeah, one sixteen-team league. You'll have two permanent opponents and eight that rotate. I, in baseball, I, I like division play. I, I, I think sixteen is way too big. Um, but maybe they're. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the purpose is of it. Uh, I understand, like in basketball, uh, basketball is fine. You know, I think in football I, I think they're doing it just to get the the top two teams to play in the SEC championship game uh for ratings purposes i just don't like it in baseball i think baseball's uh a divisional type of sport and i, I didn't see the big need uh in that sport to go to 1 through 16 yeah you know i i'm a i love divisions in baseball um I, you know i love how they do it in major league baseball and and college baseball it is um, it's such a hard sport to, to, I mean, you know, when you can go 15 and 15, uh, and, and win your division, that just, that just tells you how difficult it is. I mean, there was only two teams in the league yesterday, last year, I think maybe three that were 17 and 13 or better. Uh, so it is nice to get rewarded for what is now, especially in, in the sec, an outstanding year when you play 
uh, 500 baseball. And um, so, I mean, I'm not against it. Uh, it's, it, it's, it, what's it going to change? Nothing really. Uh, you know, you're, you're still probably going to have 10, 11 teams every year that get into the postseason. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. You're going to have more than that because they're adding Texas and, and Oklahoma. So you're going to have about 13 or 14 SEC teams every year in the postseason of 64. Let that sink in for a second, um, which is just amazing. And, um, I mean, it takes away, you know, having a nice trophy in your trophy case. Uh, for scheduling purposes, uh, It's it, it. I guess I could kind of see it. It might make it a little bit more fair from that standpoint. I'll be interested to see yeah. who Carolina's two permanent opponents are. I, I would venture a guess they're – Probably going to be Georgia and somebody else, um, maybe maybe Florida or something like that. Um, but it, it 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 just is what it is. Every 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 game in the SEC is difficult. I, I won't get too hot, caught up in that. But yeah, that was that was sure. interesting. I di- I didn't see that coming, guys, at all. I, I actually thought they'd probably stay with divisions and slide Auburn and Alabama over. <clears throat> yeah, that was my, my speculation. But uh, uh, oh well, it is what it is, and uh, Gamecocks have a pretty dang good baseball program both historically and uh you know right now and uh certainly uh uh, i don't think in this sport you're any any time kind of looking for the easy way out i think uh you know uh this program can handle it you know Uh, so we'll see what happens um yeah uh also fill out your brackets we have uh as we were talking earlier i put that on twitter phil tweeted it we put it in the chat box um, it's open to everybody, so if you want to get your buddies to jump in, you're more than welcome to. Uh, can't wait to see how that plays out. I've already picked my champion, but I do reserve the right to change. I'm actually, that between now picking and- my bracket right now. Let me ask you: yeah. are, are y'all are y'all um, because people overthink it a lot? You know, every year mm-hmm. people are like, "Oh, where are the upsets? I got to find the upsets," and that's where they get screwed. I generally, when I pick brackets, I generally stick to the higher seeds. I'll, I will pick some some interesting matchups here and there, some, you know, 12-5s, 13-4s, you know, things of that nature. Uh, but for the most part, I, I generally roll with chalk. Are y'all I picked the South Carolina upset special because uh, I picked Furman and Charleston to win. Ooh. They're, it, Do you really believe that, or is that a – They're a 12 and a 13. I think Furman's due, and I think Charleston's a really good basketball team. So, yeah, I think that could very easily happen. Um, I picked Houston as my national champion because I do. I think Houston's due. <laughs> and the Final Four is in Houston this year, and I watched them play, and they're pretty good. And uh, <clears throat> just like Keith did, I thought – I think Tennessee – because you think, who is that sleeper team that nobody's talking about after the conference tournaments but that's pretty good and it's a matchup problem? Uh, and I think Tennessee, even though Rick Barnes has not been stellar – in the tournament during his career, especially after the first two rounds. Uh, I just think they're good enough to make it. Uh, I think that it's almost a good thing. They didn't march through the SEC tournament and they got put out by Missouri. Um, and uh, I think with the way they play defense and things like that, you know, they could rally and, and, and make it, you know, so, and they're a three seed, you know, so mm-hmm. that's not unprecedented, but uh, I got Tennessee, Alabama, I mean, Houston and, Oh gosh, UCLA maybe uh, yeah. in the final four. So uh, oh, we'll see what happens, but it's yeah. well, uh, it, it should t- be pretty good. I'll tell you what, guys. There, there is one team lower seeded, uh, thirteen seed in the um, 
West Bracket, who I've got making a run. Can anybody guess who it is? You know who the coach is. No. Oh, no. Is it Northern Kentucky? It's Iona. Iona, okay. I I just have – I've got a hard time picking against Rick Pitino. Rick Pitino. Ricky Pitino, baby. He's unbelievable. Oh, listen to the Gales fans. Oh, unbelievable. New Rochelle, (laughs) New York, baby. Oh, Ricky P. Oh, give it to me. Oh. Slowly was that was that supposed back. to be Dick Vitale? <laughs> if you're gonna do Dick Vitale, yeah, you have to, don't you have to Dickie do it in a British voice? Isn't that what you do? Everything in a British voice? I don't yeah. do everything in a British voice. I sometimes <laughs> could do or things Scottish in a British voice, voice if you like me to. But I can I'm, do it in a Scottish voice. I can do it in Scottish. I'll know. Anyway, well, too early for uh, don't inhale coming in at at, at eleven fifteen. Oh, uh, what uh, time is uh, hell? 20, 20, 20. 20. 20. All right, well, we so we still. Uh, yeah, so uh, anyway, Nana's Pork's chat box is rocking and rolling earlier today. Uh, John says, the running back room scary at the moment, but with a walk-on named McCracken. <laughs> leaves plenty of kingpin references, at least. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's actually pretty good. Um, I, I did know. see just a minute ago, somebody, not a minute ago, but earlier at the uh, at the um, at the uh, top of the show, somebody said that they, they heard yesterday um, – there it is. Arthur logins in an interview on one of seven five said the playbook will be massive. How should we take that comment? I, I don't, the playbook being big means nothing that that's it's, it's a matter of when they condense it down and what these guys can, it's a matter of the, your coaches understanding what you guys can and can't do within the playbook. The playbook can be as large as you want it to be, but then you just start throwing things out when they don't get it. That that's where our problem was in Carolina was it was like, they're still putting plays in like the tenth week of the season, you know. They're yeah, like, it's what you it's it's what you carry into a game. In other words, yeah, like, exactly. uh, and, and and I think this gets lost on some fans uh, about football, and and really me too, and everybody else too, is that things get condensed when you get into the season. Um, in other words, like even the roster, uh, you know, the guys on the scout team. They're not practicing with the rest rest of the guys. They they're practicing scout team the whole week, uh, except for the Sunday night practice where they where those guys practice right. So they practice once a week. Um, so you condense your roster, uh, you can condense your players, your coaching, you condense your playbook, and you carry it week to week. Um, I, I'll say this: I, there's no way that this playbook is going to be harder to digest than the last one. So um, I I think what Loggins was referring to is there's going to be a lot of different things uh, he's going to try to do, um, not necessarily week to week, but but within this offense. And and I think it's fine because you have to be versatile, you know, especially at South Carolina where, you know, you're not – you know, some years you're not going to have a great run game. Some years you're not going to have a great pass game. You're going to need to throw it more, run it more, you know, whatever. And, um, uh, but I don't, 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 don't misinterpret that as thinking, oh, here we go again, because that, I, the, the issues that they had last year were not as simple as, oh, it's a pro style offense or not as simple as, oh, it's a huge playbook. It was really more the impl- implementation of it. Uh, and the week-to-week management of it. Well, and and knowing what your problem. guys can and can't do. I mean, that Dow Alden's yeah. also mentioned that. Like, first of all, he's crystal clear on we got we to stop turning the ball over. That's number yeah. one. Uh, they probably cost themselves multiple games over the last few years, or a couple of years at least, with 
turnovers. I know we got to go to break, so I'll, I'll end it here. But number two, you know, he's this is an evaluation period. Here, let's see what our guys can and can't do. They get through spring ball, and then what are the coaches going to do? They're going to spend the summer figuring out exactly what that playbook is going to look like when they get into the fall, and then they'll start they'll start cutting it up from there as to what it's going to look like once they get into the season. So it's a process, but it's it's got it's, he's been through it. I mean, he's been he, he, you can argue his record all you want, but being an uh, NFL offensive coordinator as long as he has, he understands the process to get to the season. Th- that's the that's the big difference here. And um and and it's I'm really excited to to kind of watch this thing play itself out. But Hale's actually been watching in real time, so I guess we'll hit a timeout and then we'll all scream hell yeah when we return on Inside the Game Cast the yeah. show. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, All of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your low country real estate broadcaster. Traveling to cheer on the Gamecocks? Reserve your hotel stay with Fan Plans. Your booking supports inside the Gamecocks and the Big Spur, plus you still earn your hotel loyalty points. Visit fanplans.com slash inside the Gamecocks. What's up, Gamecock Nation? This is Ja'Kai Moore from the DMV, and you are listening to the show. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show brought to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Give John Barber a call, 803-446-4662. They'll be happy to talk to you about turning your backyard into an outdoor retreat. And, of course, the first hour of the show is brought to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty Team here in the upstate. Give Cindy a call, 864-414-5271, and she'll be happy to talk to you about all your upstate residential real estate needs. We did have hail, which is why we're all in different places on the screen here, and now he's back. So, 
Owen! Oh. What's up? <laughs> there he is. Somewhere on I-20 is Hale McCranahan. That's right. I liked it better when it was him. That was hilarious. He's probably about to order like a, He's going to be like, hold on, guys. Y'all take a uh, number two with a uh, diet. Yeah. <laughs> you got my drink right, JB. That's that's a good call. Diet Dr. Pepper. If my, Me too, my man. That's I'm the jam. You. I love good diet stuff. Dr. Pepper. Absolutely. So where are you? Uh, I'm I'm outside this place. I don't oh. know if that's going up. <laughs> yeah, we, we oh, what's that it. place? Yeah. Uh, hey Shane. Just hey, the, I see him out there waving at us. The Steve and Jerry Spurrier indoor practice facility. And that's the one. Know. Yep, you got it, JC. Football operations complex. So, so what did you good. see well, this morning, Hale? Yeah. What did I see? Uh, I saw. Uh, I saw some football or some things that that resemble football. Um, All right. So, so Donovan Westmoreland working with the third team at defensive end. I think that's probably the biggest news of the day. Interesting. Uh, is uh, as he was out there, but no, it was it was uh, it was cool to be back out uh, by the practice fields and and see see you know kind of a glimpse of this team and, and what they might be. Obviously, they're they're missing a few big time contributors and guys like Mo Kaba and Jordan Strawn and Tonka Hemingway, um, but got to see a bunch of guys who are going to be staples on this defense. In addition to those three, like, you know, Nikki Manwari and DQ Smith lining up with the first group on defense and, uh, and, and a bunch of other, you know, big time names that uh, we'll be hearing about uh, as this thing gets going and certainly already know about pretty, pretty well to this point. So uh, it was nice to be out in the cold this morning. Yeah. It, uh, I read the, on the update on the big where you said it was a little chilly. Or you said coal. Man, if it's coal with a W, that's coal. I mean, I couldn't I couldn't find half the letters on my, my keyboard on my phone. <laughs> it's I, I tell everybody if people ask about weather in the south up here all the time. What's it like down south? Great, like paradise. I'm like, nah, so February's great. I was like, you get the 70 degree days, and there's that one week in March where it gets really cold. Yeah, and then are. after that, you're home free. It's usually right around tournament time, and it's either before, but once you get like that second week in the NCAA tournament, you're home free. Whereas here, it snows in April, so that kind of sucks. Desmond <laughs> Umiazulu's uh, some chatter going on. Um, says he looks pretty good. I read your update. Uh, tell us how old Desmond looks um, out there, uh, just with that, with your eyeball testing, and because I, I know uh, when you say it, it's very credible because you saw him at a camp in high school, correct? Yeah, I mean, he's he's just a well put together defensive end. I think specimen was my word that I was able to type and spell correctly on the board. And uh, I mean, he's he's every bit of six six two forty. I don't know if that two forty number is is a hundred percent up to date, but he's uh, he's a good looking player, man. We'll we'll see how that translates to the field once pads come on and 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 things get going for real, but. Yeah, man, just looking at him, he 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 definitely passes that eyeball test. And uh, there, there's one thing about about this roster, whether it was last year, the year before, or even this year, is, is they don't have a lot of big, tall guys with long arms and that that looked apart at, at defensive end. And and uh, that's that's a nice start that way. And and if they can get the other guy who who enrolled early, Montague Rames, get him going and back with the team at some point down the road, that'll give them two young guys that, that sort of fit that profile. But uh, 
but yeah, man, he he's he's a good looking player for sure. Not not to not to in any way shape or form, uh, uh, you know. I don't really know how to say this, but like I'm not trying to crush the conversation here, and we we do have a bunch of players we want to ask you about. I certainly want to ask you about pro day as well. But I mean, mm-hmm. what what really honestly are you looking for? What can we learn from this? Or you know, day one of spring practice through the first few days of spring practice, like what what is there really? What are we really paying attention to here? I mean, or, or, or through your eyes, what are you really paying attention? Well, as far as learning anything on day one, I nothing. I mean, other than who's going out with those first group, second group, uh, maybe just seeing where things are stacked up at the beginning, and and you really can't take a whole lot out of that for for a few different reasons. One, because it's March and the season's not for another six months, and two, they're like I was saying earlier, guys missing. So, you know, Mo, Mo Caba and Jordan Strawn and Tonka Hemingway are going to be with that first group defense i think that's probably safe to say once they're all healthy and ready to roll um mm-hmm. and they're not wearing pads i mean they're not i mean they're they're doing football stuff but they're not really playing football so uh i i, I can't really glean a whole lot out of the the first day and and really spring as a whole it, it's kind of tough to 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 feel real good about saying anything definitive uh other than like hey maybe this guy seems to be developing in the right direction coming on and and uh you know as we get further along into things maybe i'll change change that take a little bit but i just i i can't really other than just being happy to to see some football and and that type of thing this time of year i i can't really put a whole lot of stock into what we see in the spring i I want to squeeze one more in jc it's for both you and hale and hale i'm I'm gonna let actually jc answer this first and then you piggyback on it but you know Coach Spurrier and, and Coach Muschamp, they were really, really, really big on utilizing the spring for the young guys. And you heard it all the time uh, from Steve, and, and Coach Muschamp mentioned it a lot as well. well where does Shane fall in line w- with, with that theory? Do you all know? I, I think it's, it's different. I mean, Coach Spurrier, by the time, you know, he really started rolling um, – that that was kind of what they, I mean, normal, you know, with the young guys. I think on the flip side of that, Jamie, is that Muschamp, his teams were almost perpetually young, if you think about it. Um, so he had to work the young guys. Uh, uh, I think that, you know, as I said earlier about condensing the season, you know, when, when they get two weeks out, week and a half out, Everybody on the scout team goes to scout team. People people don't think that. They think, oh, well, everybody practices all at once. They don't. Um, and so in spring and in preseason, those are the times you do coach your whole team. And there is a lot of development that takes place with the young guys. But I think that with the number of questions that going kind of off um, Shane's comments on 107.5 yesterday uh, about there needs to they need to find some answers here because they did lose some answers. Uh, you know, I, I think whereas, yeah, like Desmond Umiazulu, they're going to coach him hard, try to get him ready. But uh, I think it, the, the focus is, is going to be definitely uh, on finding some of these answer, answers with, with veterans um, at certain positions. Now, a guy like Spencer Rattler, you know, new offensive coordinator, you got him, got to get him in sync there. But uh, I don't know how many reps he's going to take in the spring game, and I'm, I'm sure they're going to try to, 
you know, rep the crap out of everybody else too. But, uh, you know, that, that's kind of how I see it right now, Hill. Yeah, I, and I think it, it probably has changed a little bit just kind of philosophically for for any college football coach given the transfer portal being a thing now, whereas it wasn't yeah. when Furrier was here and, and same with Muschamp. So, uh, I, like what JC was saying, I, I think probably for this team in particular, it's it's more about getting getting everybody up to speed with this offense, whether it's Spencer Rattler or some of the other veteran guys or some of the, the new guys who, who I guess are – a lot of whom are veterans as well. So uh, I think for, for this team, again, it's, it's, it's more about trying to, to get this offense installed and, and finding out what they're good at and what, what they feel like they can kind of hang their hat on and build off of it from there. And, and apparently uh, Dow Logan said yesterday uh, on 107.5 talking about the playbook being really big and all that type of stuff. But I get the sense that, that he he probably says that because he wants to just again figure out who who's going to be able to do what and and right. where they can maximize their guys' talents and and uh, then kind of work it down from there once once they feel like they've got a pretty good sense of of what that's going to look like. Yeah, I know that made people afraid. <laughs> but uh, PTSD, I, I man. I never thought the size of the playbook was a problem. I I thought I thought it was what they carried into games, how they it was more implementation and, and week to week game planning things like that. And that's kind of when you you know what we see on Saturdays. That's kind of what it is. Uh, okay, so the offensive. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Back up. Tight end. Tight end's one thing that because it's so new and there's nobody coming back. You, you could get a little bit of an answer on. Like in other words. Who do they think right now? Because everybody's new. Because I, I look at the offensive line, and Lonnie Teasley trotted out his five veterans, you know, and that did not surprise me at all. I don't know that it'll end up, end up that way, uh, as that that will be the starting five, but that didn't surprise me. Didn't surprise me Juju took the first team reps at running back. But tight end, there's nobody returning. So you don't really get that whole, let's just put the vet out there, let the newcomer beat him out. Uh, Trey Knox lined up with the ones today uh how did he look uh i was pretty impressed with his interview uh that he gave um the other day uh seems happy to be at south carolina listed at six five two fifty you know what, what were your thoughts about trey yeah sort of sort of like i was saying with with desmond you you just and, and obviously trey Knox is a few years older so he's been in a college weight program for for a lot longer but just right. another big, good-looking guy who, who, uh, who, you know, if if that's all it was, and then, then that'd be great. But I think we we can look at, at four years of, of college production uh, and, and say, all right, there's there's more to it than than him just being a first off the bus type of guy. Um, didn't didn't really get to see a whole lot of him moving around and that type of stuff when when they're broken out into position groups and and. Uh, you know, first team offense, first team defense, that type of thing. I was, I was more over on the defensive side of things, so I didn't see a whole lot of him moving around and stuff. But I think we've probably probably got a pretty good feel of what he is and and uh, what what he can probably bring to this offense as far as being uh, you know a big body guy who can line up in different spots, work along the outside, work work up the the middle of the field, and and be effective in in different space different areas and probably even get used in some space because, I mean, former wide receiver, he can run a little bit. He's just a bigger body guy. But uh, I, 
I think it's safe to say that, that he's going to be heavily involved in this offense along with Josh Simon um, as, as sort of, you know, the, the bigger targets. Because if you look at the receiver group, um, there's really not like a true, you know, big body guy. I mean, they, they've got Xavier Leggett, who's, who's you know, about 6'1", and, and he's got some some weight to him and, and he can run and he can jump. But uh, it's not that 6'4", 6'5", type like they have with Simon and, and Knox. Did you yeah, see Mario why. Anderson today? I, I yeah, I did briefly. I mean, there's it's it's tough to to like really hone in and focus on on individual players and groups and stuff because it's going so fast. There's yeah. so many people out there moving moving around, and you know they're going from you know one spot on a field, and then they're running across the field to another spot, and then they're moving, and it's it's a it's a whole whole lot of uh, moving pieces. It's, it's like watching a bunch of ants run around and, and uh, it's a lot to keep up with. So I, I can't really speak to, to anything specific with him, JB, if, if, if you're looking for some Mario Anderson. So yeah. Stacy had a question out of the chat box. I noticed on the big story, you did see Terrell Dawkins lined up uh, yeah. at an end. It got an, a, a more of a closer look at him. Uh, how did he look moving around him? He looked good. I mean, he, he had a, he had whether it was a brace or a sleeve on on his his leg. I, I couldn't really tell what it was, which is probably a good thing. Like if it's if it's not a big bulky brace, that's probably a good sign for his progression from from that knee injury that certainly limited him uh, last year. But uh, seemed to be moving around okay, and and they're gonna have to count on him obviously because they, they don't have a, a lot of guys. I mean Donovan Westmoreland, like I said, was. Third team defensive end, and and he was a terror off the edge in high school, but he's six one two thirty five, and and that's, mm. that's not, uh, it's not an SEC defensive end, uh, you know, all three downs, uh, no, no offense. Scary, so, actually. Yeah, yeah. Any I idea where Xavier, Xavier Short was playing? Was he a receiver, or did you? Uh, I, I would, I would assume at assume at receiver. I, I'm pretty sure I, I noticed the number twenty two at receiver. That's obviously not a. Oh, common receiver number, but I think he's a receiver. Number twenty-two. That was my number. He's probably kid's probably a hell of a player. Probably pretty good looking. Uh, probably has great hygiene. Um, I, I you know anybody that wears twenty-two, I'm a big fan of. Um, I want to remind everybody as well on the bigspur.com. That's a website uh, that these guys work for. Uh, Gamecock Spring Practice Insider Day One is up by this guy Hale McGranahan, whom by the way, Kevin just said is giving off quote. Major must champ vibes. I can't unsee it. How do you take that comment, Hale? <laughs> it's um, is it the hair? Maybe are, no. are, are you about is to leave? Yeah, I don't home? know. Is he? Are you about to leave and drive out to Must Champ Island? Is that your new? That, is that your new home? Believe it or not, believe it or not, that's not the first time I've I've heard that. I've actually gotten that a lot. Surprisingly, <laughs> it's. And I told I told Will that one time. And I can't remember exactly. <laughs> that. He, he's. I mean, he's. He's a pretty funny guy. Like I know yeah. most people listening to me like hate him with all their might, but he's actually really funny and clever. If y'all can think back to some of those press conferences, but I know I, I told him that, and he was like, "Oh well, good for you" or something like that. Yeah, he's he's pretty funny about it, but yeah, I, I've, I've I've gotten that before for sure. Yeah, he is a good guy. Man. Craig says Kevin Spacey too. Uh, you know. Oh, you know what? That if that's the same guy who said Kevin Spacey. One of the times I was on here with y'all. We That's right. 
That's, need that's to what happened. Happen. <laughs> yeah, he keeps pumping the space. Yeah, we got to, we got to, we got to, we got to bump him. I like old Muscat, but I don't like Kevin Spacey. Yeah, Kevin Spacey's <laughs> running into some issues over the years. All right, so I, to, uh, I, I thought he's a hell of an actor, but yeah, now he's not my favorite person. Yeah, I'll go with the Muschamp comparisons. Yeah, so take that a little bit better. <laughs> t- we do have Perry. We do have Perry coming up, and I know he was throwing passes out there yesterday at Pro Day. Hale, um, representatives from every team in the NFL. Uh, it seemed like it was a pretty well attended Pro Day for for South Carolina. You've been to a bunch of these. How would mm-hmm. you kind of summarize what you saw? Did anybody you think maybe maybe take a leap a little bit as the draft approaches? I think Josh Van probably opened some eyes with with some of the numbers he was able to put down with the, I think a forty at like four four five somewhere in there and ten wow. five broad jump like thirty four inches in the vertical some some really good numbers and when you're a guy like him who doesn't get to go to the combine that's pretty critical for you to be able to come out and and test well at your pro day since since you don't have that opportunity to do it in in Indy and and coming off the injury that that. Knocked him out of the Clemson game. Uh, I think I think that's a good sign that that he's able to work back from that and uh, and do it in pretty quick order too. Because this as a relatively early pro day, um, I think maybe a little earlier than than some of the past. Uh, I can't remember for sure around here, but but yeah, I, I think he certainly helped himself. It seems like Nate Atkins probably helped himself a little bit too. Again, same type of thing. Guy who doesn't go to the combine needs to show out. Uh, put on a good showing at, at an event like, like that one yesterday. And, and he tested pretty well. And from, from what I saw with both those guys moving around, they, they seem to be uh, running pretty well. And, and, and that type of thing when they're doing, you know, the on-field work uh, from positional standpoint. Um, but yeah, it was, it was kind of a typical pro day. We, we don't get to see a whole lot, or at least we didn't yesterday, I should say, cause we were kind of hidden in, in an end zone and weren't really in the, the thick of it. Uh, with, with the action going on probably about 50 yards away for, for most of the, the day. But uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of defensive back coaches, cornerbacks coaches from the NFL for, for those two, two studs that, that Carolina's got coming out and, and rush and Smith. And yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, it was, it was an interesting day to kind of spot who was there and, and figure out uh, maybe some of these teams, these guys could be landing with. Do you think the uh, appearance of Rattler and uh, who we thought might be Juice Wells was calculated in any way, Hill? Phil, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> as soon as I saw him picking up a football and throwing it, I was like, "Hmm, this yeah. seems a little, a little bit uh, planned." And you know, he started like doing the thing with his arm, like, like yeah. scooping it up. And like, hey, <laughs> are we throwing for real today, or are you just? having a good time but uh but yeah and uh it was kind of funny like he was doing it off to the side and and i don't i don't know how many of the you know no offense to spencer rattler i don't i don't think many of the the pro personnel guys were were looking too closely when he was doing that i mean some may not even known who it was like they're they're probably so zeroed in on on the three four five guys that they're probably there to pay close attention to they they may not have even realized too well, this is a question for everybody here. I, I, I think that um, – I mean, Zach Pickens was, I think, by 24-7, the, the eighth-ranked player in the country coming out of high school. Um, I thought he developed very well in, in college. I, when you hear him talk, his interviews, he's very, very well put together. 
Uh, comes from a good family. He's a great football player. He's got an NFL body. I, I don't think to this much or to this uh, point in time that there's there's been a lot of conversation around Zach Pickens. As you just pointed out, Hale, it's it's been the emergence of Darius Rush. Everybody's known about Cam for a while. Now, you know, you're seeing some of these wide receivers, the things that pop, I, I get it. Uh-huh. But, I mean, where do y'all – I'm just curious, everybody here. Where does everybody think Zach Pickens kind of stands right now in the middle of March with the draft around the corner? Have y'all heard anything? Because I, yeah, I I, I've got a bright future. I think fourth or fifth round, I think if he was a little more consistent and dominant, he would be higher, but he, he never quite got – to what I would call dominant. Struggled to get off blocks sometimes against the run. Uh, but he's got heck of an athletic ability and uh, can rush the passer and, and things like that. So I I, uh, I think fourth or fifth round, which, um, which is, you know, not what you project him at when you rank him in the top ten, obviously. But uh, all things considered, I, I think he had a pretty successful run getting to this point at Carolina, considering where he was a couple of years ago. Have you heard anything, Hale? Uh, no, I haven't heard any any specifics about his projection and, and where he might go. But I, I tend to agree with JC in that that mid round type of range, three, four, five, somewhere in there seems seems pretty seems like a safe bet. I mean, his his production his first couple of years maybe not not what people want to see out of a guy who's rated as a five star but as jc kind of alluded to that's that's not what what the the stars mean for 24 7 it's it's based on draft projection and uh and if he's not you know a first round draft pick then he quote unquote doesn't live up to that five star billing but i think the last two seasons and the progression he made uh i think jimmy Lindsay did a good job of, of getting some of that that talent out of him and uh and it was a little more consistent too. I mean, it, it wasn't all the way there like you would you would hope, but he he was pretty pretty effective uh, these these last last couple of seasons. And and I think uh, he, he's got himself in, in good position to to be uh, uh, <laughs> a contributor on an NFL roster, regardless of where he's getting picked. Uh, I, I think it's safe to say he's gonna be around for for several years because he he's a big talented guy who can move. Yeah. And, as long as those guys stay healthy, they're going to have a spot in the NFL. Well, and he's stayed healthy. How about this for all of you, everybody? Phil, J.C., Hale, over under four and a half draft picks for the Gamecocks this, this year. Hmm. All right, Cam Smith, Darius Rush, Zach Pickens. Yeah, I was going to go under, but I, I would imagine there will be some uh, undrafted free agent signings. Yeah, yeah, well, I'll go under. <clears throat> Maybe, uh, you know, there's something like Josh Van could sneak into the the late rounds. Um, Jalen, I'm not going to rule Jalen Brooks out either. Maybe even not Nate Atkins, but um, yeah, that's probably where what word I would get. I mean, there, there's a lot of kind of sixth, seventh round or uh, free agent guys in the later rounds that could make that number go higher. Uh, is my opinion. What do you think, Kale? Yeah, I. If if it's at four and a half, I would take the under. I think maybe three and a half would be uh, a better a better line to, to get some, some good uh, conversation going because you know Nate Atkins and, and Josh Van, like JC mentioned, are, are sort of on that that I don't know bubble would be the, the right bubble. way to say it. It's more timely to say it uh, here in March, but uh, 
Yeah, Jalen Brooks with with how he ran at the combine, I I think that's probably going to scare some people off. Quite frankly, I, he ran a little bit better yesterday. I think he was in the four fives. That's also on a stopwatch and not laser timed at the combine, which there's a little bit of a difference there. But uh, yeah, yeah, I I think those three the three obvious ones are are pretty safe. I, I think it's I think it's four. I think Carolina gets four. But JC, you just mentioned something. You mentioned Nate Adkins, and I I know he, you know look he's not going to pop off the charts with all the stuff. The guy's a football player, and there are there are organizations out there late you know like the, like the Patriots for instance late round pick. They're they're just looking to take football players sometimes. You forget all the other crap. You know who who will fit like a Pat Demarco and be around here for ten or eleven years. And Nate Adkins is kind of a guy who. As long as he's healthy, he's just a just a guy. You kind of put him out there, and he can do a lot of stuff. Yeah, and uh, somebody mentioned Jovan Gwynn. I think I think a, a franchise could draft him and put him at center and be in pretty good shape. Uh, uh-huh. Dylan Wanham, two hundred sixty three pounds. I don't I don't see him getting drafted. What, what's the, have y'all heard the real story on that? He was sick. Yeah, I guess he got That's- sick. He's, he he has not been that healthy. You know, twenty twenty one, he had a severe back injury, and n- yeah. nobody talked about it. Um, but Nate Nat- is kind of like Pat Demarco, really. That's the type of guy that can stick around the league for a while, I think. I mean, he's a little different, but you look at the plays he made down the stretch in all aspects, and, and then you look at his testing numbers, they're not that bad. I mean, they're they're pretty good. So, all right, we got to wrap it up, Hale. I would be remiss because we have a South Florence fan and we have other fans in here. Uh, 6'3", 235, Lenora Sellers. Does he look that big in person? Did you see him throw any balls? What can you tell us about Lenora? That's a uh, – you, you should get ready to answer this question until the season gets here. I think because he's <laughs> until, a he's a pretty popular dude. He's a pretty popular dude with with the fans right now. Yeah, didn't get to spend a lot of time watching the quarterbacks again for for the reason I was talking about earlier. I was yeah sort of down near the defensive players more often, and and by the time the the quarterbacks were a little closer to to where we were permitted to watch. I, I, I was so cold. I had a hard time, you know, paying attention to anything other than uh, how how much I could not feel my fingers and toes. But uh, Jeez, gosh, I mean, guys, how I cold know, is it really I'm, down there? What what's the temperature? It's chilly. Forty, JC. It was like seventy eight last week. So yeah. it's twenty eight outside, but, and I got the door yeah. open in short sleeves. No, but hell, well, it, hell, hell, hell it was thirty here in the upcountry yeah. this morning. Hell, you yes. got it right. I, I it went, it went I'd be cold if I lived down there too. Yeah. And it's a and it's a it's a heavy cold right now for whatever reason. Yeah, and when it, the sun shining here though, when the sun shines here and it's cold, it's it's like spring. I may grill a steak later. Anyway, uh, <laughs> well, we'll, yeah, we'll, man, we'll, we'll be right there. We'll catch yeah, 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 like yeah, 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 uh, all right, Hale, we appreciate you, man. We, we love it when you come on, and thanks for all of your insight and the great work you do for the Big Spur. And uh, uh, we'll talk catch up with you soon because there's a lot of recruiting that's going to be going on here pretty yeah. soon. So I'm, yeah. I'm sure I'll hear from you both on the show, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk. All right, fellas, appreciate y'all. Be good. Thanks, thanks, Hale. That's Hale's, Hale's, uh, Hale's got a press conference to get to coming up here in just a little while yeah, as well. So All right, so we'll hit our final break. We'll Final back hour one, and we do have uh, Perry Orth coming up at twelve oh five. So don't go anywhere. Tell your friends our fastest quarterback in history, Perry Orth, the fleet-footed Perry Orth. We'll be right back. 
I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for a karaoke partner, I can tell you, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. But what I do have is a very specific set of skills. Hang up now and your IT nightmares will continue. But stay on the line and I will find you. And when I find you, I will fix it. Um, thanks. Uh, I think I have the wrong number. I'm trying to call Matt at Heritage Digital. He has a one price, low cost turnkey solution for all my IT needs. And I'm sick and tired of my IT guy. So yeah, 843-699-1001. This is 1002. Oh, well, thanks anyway. Don't be taken by some IT dude that talks a big game. Give Matt at Heritage Digital a call, 843-699-1001. Gamecock Nation, JB here, and I'm here to tell you about my new favorite painting company, A Couple of Painters. These guys are the best. Gamecock fans and excellent painters and by far the best and easiest quote I've received. They're licensed in both South Carolina and Georgia. They offer 10% off for military, repeat customers, or if you heard it on the show, commercial and residential painting, deck, fence, and cabin staining, cabinet and furniture refinishing. They'll even remove popcorn ceilings and wallpaper, and they offer pressure washing. Find them on Facebook or call 803-522-6832. A couple of painters, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. You're tuned into Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Sideline it picked off. Brad Edwards will get a convoy. Touchdown, South Carolina. Welcome back, everybody. Sinorama Studios, Inside the Gamecocks, the show, brought to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. 803-446-4662 is how to get in touch with John and his team down there. They'll be happy to talk to you about how you can get some more sunshine into your life this summer. And of course, Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty Team be happy to take your upstate residential real estate questions at 864-414-5271 is how to get in touch with Cindy. Uh, question in the Nasforce chat box. Michael Sam from Missouri, not the same size. As Montague raised, Michael was about a six one and a half, two hundred sixty pound guy, like an Eric Norwood, but maybe an inch taller, two inches taller. Uh, one of those more compact defensive ends. I think uh, maybe that's what they hope Brian Thomas Jr. and uh, Donovan Westmoreland will eventually grow into. I don't know, but uh, he wasn't as uh, Montague six five, two thirty five, two forty. He's built like Desmond Umiazuba. So. Just want to roll that out there and make sure we clarified that. Uh, Umi Azula is a guy I'm really excited about. Um, I'll be, I'm, I'm, 
certainly looking, you know, we'll, we'll keep an eye on him in spring practice, no doubt. Not going to get a ton of information. Really will be a guy we want to watch in the spring game. Um, but I think when we get to August, Phil, JC, I, I think when we get to August and we get those first couple of looks at the football teams or getting things underway in the fall practice, I think that's when people are going to kind of start to look and go, holy smokes, this guy's up to almost 260 pounds. Because if he's at 240 right now, he's not even remotely close to done before before the fall. He was like 218 at the start of this football season. Uh, and uh, he got – he's one of those guys that – talking to Brian Doan for 24-7 Sports who scouts that area, that there was some concern because his high school team as a junior played him inside at 6'6", 205. That's a thin, thin guy for uh, interior. Plus, you got to learn to play the edge. Well, this year he puts on about 15, plays edge, and looks really, really good. Of course, he's already committed to Carolina, so congrats to Ohio State for screwing that up or allegedly screwing it up. Um, And he's just going to keep getting better and better and better. It's a godsend that he's in early because he gets a jump on it. I mean, these days, some guys that enroll early, it doesn't really matter. They're not going to play anyway, or they are going to play whether or not they come in August. But this guy, it's important. And, you know, I'll say this, um, and Clint, you you compare him to Arden Key. Arden Key could not put on this kind of weight uh, until probably a little later. I I, I just, um, you know, that's uh, that's the deal there. So I – uh, I, I think he's actually ahead weight-wise uh, of Arden because uh, Arden, that was a concern of of him coming out. Of course, he played really well at LSU and stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> it more affected him when um, – well, it more affected him when, you know, he got to the NFL. Uh, look, if, if Terrell da- – Terrell Dawkins to me is the linchpin in this whole thing because he's not yeah. been healthy in two years. He did flash – at NC State, I talked to an ACC, a guy on an ACC staff that wanted him out of the portal, that worse than anything. And, and this this is a pretty good program, not Clemson, but pretty good program. Um, but they took somebody else and filled up. Uh, they said that NC State didn't really use him right when they switched kind of to a 3-4. Uh, hurt all year last year. If He's a fifth-year guy. If Terrell can come in and be solid and Jordan Strong returns – from his injury and there's no further injuries and Desmond comes on, then you're really just kind of looking for one guy. Now that could that guy be a Brian Thomas jr. In a pinch. Could it be Donovan Westmoreland? Uh, could it be that they go to a three man front uh, and use more odd front and then Tonka and boogie or your ends essentially. And you stand up two linebackers and all that. Uh, I think that's the key without Terrell Dawkins. Like if he's just not that good, then, you know, you're going to have a strong coming off an injury, and he's certainly talented and capable, and then relying on a freshman on the other end. Now, that's kind of feast or famine. That could potentially be dangerous. What if Desmond's one of these freshmen that's ready to go and play, and you got him and Strong as bookends? I'll take it, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but I, I, but I think Dawkins is kind of the, the key guy here because you want to rotate your D-line, but it's more the big guys. On the inside, you know, the outside guys, I think, can hang and play and, and all that because they're not carrying all that girth and wearing out and, and things of that nature. And plus, Dawkins is 260 pounds. And in theory, he should be better against the run than um, 
than most of these guys because he because he's a bigger guy. Um, yep. So that would uh, that would do it right there. All right, Lance is alive. I saw that. Yeah, he tweeted us what? yesterday. That was, whew. man, <laughs> he did. That was it. Was good to see Lance back. Sonder mentions he hopes Debo Williams' uh, mental aspect improves. Yeah, fault steps are his problem. Really good in a straight line. Got to get down. Uh, Got to get it down laterally. Or I'll tell you this right now: Pup Howard, who's running right behind him, he'll beat him out. Pup's good. During the practices of the Gator Bowl, Pup was one of the best linebackers they had. Yeah. So, and, but Pup's 6'4, 242, guys. Good God. Yeah. He that is, is a monster. Yeah. He's impressive. Boy. He is impressive. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's going to be fun to watch. I remember and, when and, he, he was on with Gunner and I one morning. What, what? Before the bowl game when I was on 107.5. What an impressive kid, man. He could be Brandon Spikes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no doubt. Or a 270-pound DN. Yeah, that's true. That's true. (laughs) All right. Perry Orth is uh, running a little behind uh, 12-10. We're going to push to 12-10 on Perry. But nonetheless, it doesn't matter. We've got it. And we'll show you. We'll prove it when we come back from break. Right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show painted garnet and black by a couple of painters here in South Carolina. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good Southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more, they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the low country. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hot skillet with a little oil. Show 
We were just yelled at there to open up the second hour. <laughs> what was that? The Wolf show, of Wall Street? The show goes on. That's, yeah, I'm not that's, Wolf of Wall Street. that's it. The show goes on. That's nice. one of the greatest lines <laughs> ever in the history of movies. I'm not blank and leaving. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. The reaction is priceless. Yeah. Well, jo- Jonah and, uh, and then uh, that. Uh, the kind of Asian looking guy, they're just kind of looking at him and they got and it, like you can tell it's like a different guy. Everybody's in the office like smoking. <laughs> and it's just like it's like I'm like, like yeah. Um so yeah. So because I, I, I put we put on the, the graphics, the show goes on. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's, uh you, you, you can use that um, yeah, but it's not you cool ble- with that. Bleep, you just bleep it out. Cool without the F bomb. I don't know. So anyway. <laughs> so that's, uh, Phil, that's you just deal. let us know when Perry gets into the green room and we'll um we'll make sure that we cut we'll cut bait and, and move on. Hayne. Hey Hayne. Uh no, Santa Land is not open. Uh he's talking about uh Maggie Valley Cherokee. Uh we were we can't you can't go to so that's Santa's summer house. I'm not sure if you knew that, Hayne. That's Santa's summer house. All right. For all the kids listening out there. Okay. Uh, so he doesn't come down until the summer. And, uh, of course, Santa Land is not open during Christmas for some reason. Probably well, because he's busy. He has to be back at the North Pole That's right. to help get the presents ready, is what our children have had to understand for the last two years. Why Santa Land isn't open during Christmas. You can go when it's 70 degrees outside, but God forbid you go when it's Christmas time. Um, but um, no, we didn't go to Bites. We, we, we did go to a Haywood barbecue and uh, we went to Pops. So uh, Pops also, Pops, never mind. We'll have all this conversation another day. But uh, yeah, thank you, Hayne, for, for checking in on us. We had a good time, no doubt. Right. Sorry, we should sorry mention. To, sorry to make this show birthday. my personal uh, platform. Yeah, that's all right. We'll keep it personal for a little bit and uh, give a special birthday wish to Hannah Nix, Sawyer Nix's daughter. Unfortunately, right. he got bumped today, but we will still celebrate his daughter's first birthday. Hannah, hope to see some. Uh, her first birthday. Her first, first birthday. Let's see some. Happy some birthday to Hannah. Face covered in cake pics, Sawyer. That's fantastic. Uh, is it Hannah? So my Hannah's H A N N A. Is it? Oh, his Hannah has the the trailing H. H. Okay. Right. Trailing the palind- H. The palindrome same, version. Same forward and backwards. Yes, that's right. The trailing H. That'd be a heck of a name of like a whiskey bar. I'm a good kind of, or, or one of those bars with like with the pool tables and the beer signs. Yeah. The, the pap sign outside. I'm gonna go down to the trailing H and. Kick up a ruckus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kick me up a ruckus at the trailing H, I'll tell you that right now. Oh, look, there he is. Perry. Perry Orth. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get him on in. Good, because he was our quarterback yesterday. Uh joined uh for for uh Pro Day at South Carolina. So we're lucky to have him. He's a good friend of everybody in Gamecock Country. It's uh, our do what? He just he just disappeared. <laughs> so that happened to Hale too. I don't know. It's like, oh, he's in and he's gone. And he's gone. And he's back. And now there he is. Look, we're joined by 
None other than past. we can't catch him even in the oh look there you go. Jeez, <laughs> I mean you if hey ever since we saw the Texas AM run, he just reminded me of Forrest. <laughs> no doubt. Look at that guy, high knees and everything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. That was the most epic run I've ever seen. Somebody somebody mentioned that to me the other day. Or no, I'm sorry, yesterday. They were like, Are you sure you don't want to run that 40? And I was like, No, I do not want to run that 40. They're like, Man. You don't have that speed you had back in God almighty, I don't even remember the year. 2015. 2015. I remember because it was the first road game and uh and I'm t- I texted GA after you ran that, and I was like Dude, that was an epic play call because I, I literally was at a bar in Greenville and I, I sat there and I saw you go around the edge. I sat down, I, I, I took a swig of beer, I looked back up, you're still running. And yep. then I looked around, I answered the text, and I looked back and you were still running. And I was like, man, that's like, gee, that was one of the best. I said, you're killing John Chavis, man. I mean, this is unbelievable. But it, it was a heck of a heck of a ball game. Thank you. Yeah, it was a good game. I hate that we couldn't. Which God, was kind man. of the story of that year. We just hmm. we had a lot of good moments, just could not win the damn game. It was unlike any other team I had ever played on. Uh, but no, it was good. G had a great game plan. I remember specifically about it because they had Miles Garrett at the left end, the right end. I cannot remember the guy's name. He was damn good too. And mm. they could pin their ears back and go. So we tried to stay out of drop back pass as often as as we could we did not we wanted to avoid it we were going to throw a quick game we were going to run inside zone we even ran inside zone where instead of the tackle double teaming the three and working up the play side backer the the tackle would actually arc around the five of four front leaving basically the defensive end unblocked but when the tackle would widen so would the defensive end so it created really easy running lanes for the running back to either bend it back or if i had a pull read then i could go too so it was those were really neat plays that that Coach Elliott installed. We had a couple of cool screens, and um, yeah, it was a good game, good great game plan. I still use some of those concepts now, coaching. You know, I'm trying. I was thinking back to that game. Did Miles Garrett ever hit you? Yeah, <laughs> he did. Yeah, it hurt really bad. I bet it did. <laughs> well, hell, all of them did. To be honest, I mean, I was playing at what, <laughs> I was playing at what two oh five at the time, which I mean is not is not very big. Um, and you got linebackers that are, you know, I guess they're lighter now, but yeah, they were like 225, 230, but they run a four or five. So when they collision you, it, it's a collision. So what's, what's the hardest you, I don't know if I've ever even asked you this question. I've known you a long time. I, have you, what's the hardest you ever remember being hit? It oh God, it, there was one specific where I remember it was the most painful it was we were playing at Tennessee. And we had a little – it was like the first series of the game. We had a, like, fake zone. I was going to boot off of it and then dump a screen pass going over to the right side. And Derek Barnett went from left end to right end on that play. And screen mentality, the tackle's supposed to set up field and basically just wash the D end out. Um, I drop it over that guy's head, and now we're off and running. Well, he got around the tackle before we could wash him out and – um, it's a screen, so you got to get it done, right? Because I don't want to get chewed out by GA, which if you guys have ever seen GA chew somebody out, it's pretty epic. <laughs> yeah, it gets after him. I, uh, I jumped up in the air to try to get it up over him. Well, 
he hits me and scoops me. So my feet are now have left the ground and I, his arms under my butt. And I just, I knew it was over and he picked me up and did boom. One of those where I was left off the ground helmet hit like full steam into my chest was like, I'm coming back down flat on my back. Like if you're falling off like a ladder, and he just drives down like through me. And I'm telling you, like it knocked the wind out of me, obviously, where I was like having a hard time breathing. Like I'm I'm seriously struggling. Like trainers had to come out, help me get up and kind of like shake it off. And I don't know if this is PG or not, but you guys will like the story, though. But he hits me. I'm literally like doing the <gasps> doing that. And he pushes up off my chest and looks at me like in my eyes and says, had that feel, bitch. Wow! and i was like and he knew he i couldn't i couldn't talk talk. i'm I'm literally dying on the ground standing over me it's like that feel bitch Yeah, the, the, the next year, I think he hit Jake. You say Jake what seven times in that game? The next year, oh, dude, he he was a menace, man. He unbelievable he was, player. He was a menace, but yeah, he was a great player. He he talked his stuff for sure. But yeah, that was was that the 2015 game, Perry and Nealon? Yeah, we fumbled so on like the 12 coming, yeah. yard line. God, was awesome. was yeah, Jarrell was a school. Y'all were school. He was y'all going. Score. I think he was going in. Yeah, man, it was and it was great because I mean, y'all got down seventeen nothing, and Tennessee yeah. was pretty good that year, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. so it's like game set match, and all of a sudden, God, that man, ball. I think Jonathan Walton caught a touchdown pass in that game and stuff. Yeah. I mean, that was a yeah, that, we got that, that, quick, and that was Sean. Sean, those guys had to get some good game plans, I thought, down the stretch that year. What, no, was, we, what, we what was that play to Walton when y'all brought him in the game? Do you remember it? Yeah, it was like a diamond formation. Um, we ran a little bit. Um, we ran a little bit of actually at Cardinal Newman this year. Basically, you have your quarterback, two H-backs, and a running back in the pistol behind him. Basically, all we did was John was on the front side. He would go out to kick as if we were running like an inside zone. Lines going right. You have H-back filling here to – basically be like the split zone concept running backs downhill. So now you're faking straight here. Well, you fake. It was a read. So if that um, defensive end squeezed, you disengage and you throw the flat, right? If you widen, you give the ball and let him run up that the backside C gap. And they squeezed and he was wide open. And it was a great, I mean, it was a great game plan because I'm pretty sure, no, we played because it was Vanderbilt then Texas A&M, and then Tennessee. And when we played Vanderbilt, we couldn't score worth a damn in the red zone. I mean, we were moving the ball from 20 to 20, like knife through butter, but we'd hit that 20 and just stall. So then when we go to A&M and Tennessee, GA was heavy on goal line plays, packages, trick plays, formations. He wanted to throw the cart and horse to make sure that we were getting in the end zone. So it's pretty cool. Man, well, that, Lorenzo Nunez had a lot of uh, a lot of little gadget plays uh, during that time. He did, period yeah, and, and I thought they used him. They used Lorenzo really, really well. I wish that we could have found a way. Now, this is a coach. This is Perry, the coach, not Perry, his teammate speaking. I wish that we would have found a way to kind of hold him back from having to throw him out to the field. 
I still think Lorenzo could have been really, really special for us. He just wasn't ready to go into a game and be the guy at quarterback from a passing standpoint. He wasn't mentally ready to handle everything that an SEC defense was going to throw at him. Physically, he was clearly. Mentally, it just wasn't, you know, in high school, typically, not every high school does it, but the majority of the teams that I play, they, they line up and they'll play their coverage. Like if they line up in too high and the corners are tight, it's going to be cover two. Well, in college, you might get too high with press corners. Well, you go to lift your leg or drop your hand and the snap of the ball, the corners are bailing. Here comes safety, strong rotation. And now they're playing a form of cover three. Or they'll do that and the corners will stay pressed and they'll rotate safety down over tight end and now they're playing man. So there's a lot of moving pieces behind in the college game that you don't see in high school. And so there, there is that time element that you have to get to grasp how to take that jump to the next level. Uh, you know, it's it, it it's amazing that, that, you know, these guys like Perry and guys that actually coach in college football know more than the people in the stands. The things you're explaining, people are, <laughs> probably have no idea what you're talking about. But I tell you what, game one, they're going to be yelling at the TV, telling everybody exactly what to do. Oh, um, yeah. They're like, you know, no, throw so. the guy over here to the left. It's like, if you <laughs> better... throw the ball. Rattler sucks. Put, yeah, put, yeah, put yeah. sellers in. It's time for him to play. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, so you- yeah. Yeah, no, no, sorry. You know that's right. coming though. You know it's coming eventually. He'll throw an interception. They'll be like, put sellers and it's like, calm down, everybody. Well, hey, hey, and Clint, Clint hit the nail on the head. Uh, so Clint, this is actually part of our, our scam here. Uh if Loggins doesn't work out, Perry Orthro offensive coordinator, this is that's actually kind of what we're trying to to do. So um we're gonna send these clips to Shane and uh we'll see uh we'll see. No, Perry, Perry is in nice. Columbia. Yeah, Perry uh, uh, I, I I don't have any question. Yeah. So, so you're you're at Cardinal Newman. I'm about to watch some Cardinal Newman this year, man. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. curious to see. Dude, uh, every offense this guy's touched has been, and of course he still trains quarterbacks, you know. But every offense he's touched from Flora to now at Cardinal Newman has been unbelievable. So hats off to. We're getting there, man. We're getting there. We uh we had some good years at Flora for sure. I won a state title in there. Yeah. Now, now Cardinal Newman trying to close that gap between Hammond and everybody else. So it's a yep. big one. Well, so you were, you were, um, let's, let's back up 24 hours because you were at, uh, at pro day yesterday. You were the, you were the quarterback of choice for pro day as a matter of fact. Um, so we just, we were just talking earlier to Hale McGranahan, you know, the over under of, the Gamecocks getting, I think I put it at four and a half draft picks this year. And and that would probably largely hang its hat on having a couple of receivers and maybe a, a Nate Adkins hear their name called. So yeah. you're throwing the ball to them yesterday. You've watched them play their entire careers at yep. South Carolina. Uh, give us your synopsis. Yeah, so it was pretty cool. So Josh Van reached out to me on Wednesday of last week. And, uh, and he said he needed a quarterback to throw to him for pro day. And I responded back to him. I said, dude, are you sure you can't find anyone else? <laughs> How about Rattler? <laughs> no, you know. But uh, but yeah, I didn't realize. Apparently underclassmen can throw, but it was more of a strategic move and advice from apparently Spencer's agent is what I was told. Um, okay. But uh, he said, yeah, I need somebody to throw. And then Chris Reynolds, who's the quarterback at UNC Charlotte, was supposed to work out and throw to everybody else, including Jalen Brooks. They had known each other, had been training together for months. And Mm -hmm. basically when they got done, uh, we got done training. So we threw, 
we, me and Josh played catch Thursday night. We threw a little bit on Friday and then did like a full session on Saturday morning um, to kind of get some type of chemistry down. Um, and I still throw with the kids that I train with. Um, and I'm, I'd like to be relatively active. Um, my wife is the general manager of the F45 studio in Forest Acres. So she makes me go work out at 5 a.m. every morning. Oh, which is just painful, but it actually paid off. And it was good timing that I did that because if if three months ago, it would have looked a lot worse wearing my Lululemon attire. I would have had some love handles hanging out the side of my my (laughs) No, but uh, (laughs) no, but I I was physically ready. I felt good. Uh, Actually, my arm is not not nearly as sore as I thought it would be. Um, But no, so we we got a chance to throw and, and then. Uh, George Wynn called me yesterday morning and said, Hey, Perry, are you going to be okay to throw to everybody? And I was like, I mean, sure. But what, what's going on? With Reynolds, <laughs> apparently there's, there's like a rule where if you're not, if your university is not in that state, you can't participate in that pro day or there's got to be like a radius or something weird. Okay. Um, so anyway, he couldn't throw. So I had, I had never thrown to Jalen Brooks, Christian Bale Smith and Nate Atkins like ever. And we didn't even warm up. It was just like the guy from the Bengals put us all through the workout. And that was the first time I was thrown to the guys. I had chemistry with Josh Van, even though well, I missed him on a deep ball on a nine route by like literally a half a yard. I felt so bad. But I wanted him to show off his speed. He had ran a 4.37 20 minutes before that. So I was like, I better uncork this thing for him to go and get it. And I just just barely missed him. We connected on the other ones. But um it was good though, man. The, the, I thought the guys caught the ball really well. Jalen Brooks is really rangy, super mm-hmm. long. Like you see him, and you're like decent height, maybe six two, maybe six three. Really long arms, can jump, caught everything really well. Um, Josh Van, obviously, he had a great career here. He probably didn't have the year last year that he wanted, but um, he he proved, in my opinion, he proved to everybody that not only can he be a team guy, he's versatile. He can catch punts. Um, and he, he has the ability to rise up and catch um, any type of jump ball, even though I see him being like a slot guy or a number two or a three at the next level. But um, I think he'll have it after running the times that he did. His knee is completely healthy from the uh, the I guess it was a dislocation in the Clemson game. Um, yeah, he's he's back to 100 percent ready to roll. So um, it was a good day. And, you know, who really, really, really impressed me was Nate Atkins. The ability yeah. to catch the football super clean, get in and out of his breaks, run passes vertically down the field. Like we threw a couple seam routes, a couple of corner routes. Like he just he was he was quick. He was a lot quicker than I thought. He was like, I think he weighed in, he said 253 at six two and a half. Uh, ran a four seven eight maybe, I think is what he said. So he um he had a good day. Um so yeah, it was it it was really really cool to throw those guys. I think arguably Nate was probably one of the best players on the team at the end of this no year down the stretch. No so. How would you describe him? Uh, because we we mentioned him earlier. I I, I just feel Perry. I, I continue to he's he reminds me a lot of Pat. Um, yeah, but but he's but he's a, he's a he's a lunch pail guy. He's going to show up to work. And, yeah, he's um, bigger than Pat. So he reminds yeah. me of, and I don't mean this disrespectfully because Kyle's my friend and a former teammate. He's a more athletic Kyle Markway. Right. Somebody that can put their hand in the dirt and block. Right. He's going to block and be able to pin and and wash on a pin and pull. He's going to be able to block zone and power. Um, 
you know, a lot of the stuff that they do in the NFL, but he's also good enough to catch the spot route. He's sneaky enough to, um, to get into the seams of defenses. Now I don't think they're going to do a ton of flexing him out as like a pure receiver, but somebody that can be in that wing or put that hand in the ground um, and be used maybe as that second tight end in a 12 personnel set. Um, uh, who was I? God, I was talking to somebody yesterday about, Oh, I think it was Mike Uva. We were chatting and we were saying that he, he could sneakily have the longest career out of anybody that's coming out right now. Cause he's a lunch pail guy. He might play for eight years and be with six teams type of thing. I, that's a, that's a great point. Uh, because I mean, I mentioned Pat because, because of that exact thing, he, he, yeah, they, there is still a place for those guys in the NFL. Like I, mm-hmm. I get, I get the testing and the numbers and the speed and the, the, how the game has changed. But I mean, there's a reason why guys like Pat DeMarco survive a decade in the league. And, and he just, he has a lot of, I just feel like he's going to get his name called late in this draft. And and you're right, Perry, you're going to look up in like 2030 and you're like, Oh my God, Nate Atkins is still in the NFL. Yeah. Um, uh, so I, I hope that's, I hope that's true. What, what else, what else did you see out there? Um, you know, from the, yeah. I mean, you were a quarterback. You know what good corners look like. I mean, how about how about how Darius Rush is, has developed in, in Cam Smith? Yeah, so um, because I was the only quarterback, I had to throw in their DB drills too. So I got to watch them move. Um, you know, Cam Smith is is obviously super fluid. Everything he does looks effortless. The way he moves, his turns, the way he gets in and out of his breaks, you can see why the NFL is so high on him or these NFL teams are so high on him just because of the way that he, he moves and he plays. And he also plays with a tenacity. If you go back and watch the Tennessee game, I mean, he was in Jalen Hyatt's drawers all night. He was, if Jalen Hyatt was there, Cam Smith was right behind him. Um, But Darius Rush, he impressed me just by his physical nature. I did not realize how big and tall and, and rangy that he is. I mean, he really looks like a safety but um, he has the ability to play corner. And obviously he had an amazing week at the senior bowl and he probably bumped himself two or three rounds just by his performance there. Um, I want to say he was in the four threes again, just like he was at the combine, but the way they move and the way that they can high point the ball, um, they're, uh, they're, they're certainly in for some good years as long as they can stay out of not, I mean, I don't know them personally, but as long as they they stay out of trouble and stay healthy, they're going to have a shot to have good careers, in my opinion. JC? Uh, spring practice, of course, started today at Carolina. Um, you know, from what you saw last year and, and maybe what you've heard or, or what you think, uh, kind of give us your opinion about the offense and, you know, taking a step forward this year with uh, Rattler and obviously Wells coming back is big. Uh, there's some question marks there, but, um, yeah, you know, Everything from OC to quarterback play, you know, what what goes into making this offense sort of, you know, hum kind of like it did down the stretch uh, as opposed to hitting some of those potholes like they did maybe in the Missouri and Florida game? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. And because I was able to work out with those guys, I point blank asked them, I was like, guys, what can you explain to me what the difference was, please? Like you, you were out there running the routes, doing the things. They just said they kept it basic. They did a lot of switch routes. A lot of verticals and a lot of shallow cross, like crossing concepts, reads that were super basic. One, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. Um, and it allowed Spencer to play fast 
and to not get so bogged down in the, okay, well, if you get this progression or if you get this coverage, here's your progression. If you get this coverage, here's your progression, which a lot of times, you know, there's really two different in the drop back world. You have two different forms of passing game. You'll have your coverage, excuse me, your coverage based plays or what they call pure progression, where coverage is like open middle and playing right, close middle and playing left. Pure progression is a one, two, three with an alert pre-snap. Like um, like the alert might be the post. Like if you've got quarters, you're going to take the post because you know that safety is going to be on his toes, leaning forward, you get it over his head. Um, if you're not used to that type of offense, there is a learning curve of, well, at what point do I eliminate my first read and just move on to my second and third and now recreate that as my one and my two? So there's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of thought and a lot of, of repetition that goes into that, which, you know, it just takes time. And um, by the looks of it, it may not have uh, it may not have just synced up up until they trimmed it back, went into the game, you know, with with uh, with super, super easy game plans and and uh, and allowed the guys just to play fast because they show they're clearly capable and have the ability and the talent to make some noise. And anytime you return a quarterback, with the level and the talent of Spencer with a good head coach, you're going to have a shot to have a good year. Yeah. You, you said something really, there you go. You, Cause you mentioned Spencer and, and I don't want to get too off track. Cause I, I, I do JC's on the spring practice and I, and I agree with him. I want to get your thoughts on spring practice and we know you have to actually work and make some money today. So we're going to let you yeah. go here in a little bit, but, um, but um, you know, kind of re- re- relate tying it all in, uh perry to that and the fact that they do have a guy who can make every single throw there's yeah. no question about that this guy is super when it probably comes the most talented carolina quarterback ever with arm talent i mean absolutely you'd have, you'd have to dig into the i mean you'd put i mean i guess garcia would probably be in that range and then i mean i don't, I didn't watch tanny hill but apparently he had a strong arm anthony Wright. anthony, anthony Wright. Wright. Yeah, I mean, and, and Todd. I mean, this guy's. But he's. I mean, I hate. I hate to say this because I we know all those guys. This guy's better. I mean, he just is. And yeah. But so, what I'm hearing from you is like when you've got somebody that that's that good, you don't really have to be complicated. Like make it make it simple because he can make the throws. Mm-hmm. Is that what I'm hearing? Or yeah. Well, I mean, there was a great article, and I've talked about this before. There's a great article when Andy Reid drafted Mahomes. He saw how talented he was, and he was like, oh, my God, if I do my normal style of coaching on this guy, I'm going to hurt him. Like how he had taught his quarterbacks for 20-some-odd years up to that point. He knows if I do what I've done up to this point, I will limit his capability. And I'm not saying that Spencer Rattler is Patrick Mahomes, but you kind of have to take some of that mentality to what what Spencer does is that you you have to allow him – to set his feet and allow him to throw the ball where he feels comfortable, but ultimately like where the areas of the field that you want, that you want to get the ball to like, make it a one, two check down read. If, if he does better with pure progression with only two, you know, two options in the read before he moves to his check down, then cut that down. If you want to move to a coverage based um, offense and try to, you know, play off of call plays based off of prediction and based off of film study and tendency, then, then you can do that. Listen, Spurrier was big. We didn't do any peer progression with Coach Spurrier. We did nothing more than um, 
you know, it was coverage based reads, right? You had open middle, closed middle, cover four, you're here, cover two, you're here, cover three, you're here. So there's there's more than one way to skin a count it. At the end of the day, with that with that type of caliber of player, you want to do whatever it is that he likes the best. Uh-huh. Like I tell my quarterback before every game at Cardinal Newman, I said, I promise you, because I understand what he likes and what he and what he wants to do. And I tell him every every single every game was I promise you I'm going to give you the best opportunity to play well today. Like as a play caller, it's you form your offense and what you do around that guy behind center. And if you don't, you're going to struggle. And that's it's pretty simple. So to roll that forward, that sounds exactly like what Coach Loggins is is attempting to to begin starting today, and and now he's got his first spring at Carolina. So so what are what are we what will we be seeing here over the next month as 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 this led by Spencer Rattler, this group of quarterbacks learns their offensive coordinator and, and vice versa. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't I don't know much on what Dowell does. I'd, I'd love to go and watch. Obviously, I'll be there at a, at, um, at the spring game. I might try to sneak out to a practice. Um, they owe me an ice bag for my uh, my shoulder. So um, but uh, a bag no, or a bath. Yeah, both, actually. <laughs> yeah. I take an ice bag or an ice bath. Ooh. No, but they uh, I, I'll be intrigued to see what they do. I hope that it looks a lot like what we saw and not just results based, right? I don't want to sit here and be the after the fact guy and say like, just replicate what you did versus Tennessee every week and we'll win the national title. Yeah, no crap. Right. Um, yeah. You know, what, what does the offense look like? You know, me being, you know, an offensive guy, some things that I like, I love the vertical passing game. I think it really stresses a defense and makes them cover, which is really hard to do nowadays. I'm a gap scheme run guy. I'm a, power counter um you know and then i like to run the quarterback and i know they're not going to run spencer which is fine i don't think you have to but um doing different ways i think you can you can manufacture the running game and the gap scheme better than you can in in zone and i know that's up for debate depending upon who you are and which you've learned from so but that's what i'd like to see but we'll i mean listen they're they're gonna put as long as they give spencer the best opportunity opportunity to succeed and he's able to relay what he likes and there's a give and a take they'll they'll be very successful that's great stuff perry i i, I uh, this is my final question for you again i'll let you go and i'll let these dudes uh anything they need to get in they can get I'm it good. in but, I'm but, good. But, yeah. I, the, yeah. the, sounds uh, like he's got a phone call to take well, he's, he's, a, he's a he's a popular person. But quickly, Perry, we we've now watched Shane. You, I know you've gotten to know him. Um, Shane, Shane's great. We all know he's a, just a great guy. Uh, yeah. So this is his um this is his third spring practice, and I just want to get a just a br- brief, quick thought from you on on how he you have watched him evolve, and, and this has become Shane Beamer's football program as they basically start to ramp up twenty twenty three. Yeah, I mean, he's he's taken complete ownership of it, you know, having to make a difficult decision to to, you know, make a change at offensive coordinator for the betterment of the program, even though it probably was a painful deal to make. Um, but at the end of the day, like you, you have to do it. It has to get done, um, you know, and, and he just continues to just be super genuine, which is not um, there's not a lot of that in college football. And when you're able to do that. Um, you're going to be able to get the kids and the caliber of kids and the talent here to help you win 
and uh, just nothing but respect for Coach Beamer. Um, just it's always cool when I get a chance to uh, to go and, and catch up with those guys over there. Just super welcoming of former players and alumni. And, and uh, man, I just I hope that him and his staff are here for a long time. It's actually it's been pretty cool. So at our gym, Clayton White has joined it. And so I've gotten a chance to work out with him for the last couple of months, not not every morning, but every couple mornings a week. And he's uh, he's a great guy, super social, super uh, personable, uh, just a you know, he's obviously an outstanding coach, but really, really cool guy. I've got, you know, just I hope that this this group, this staff um, that he's put together is able to be here for, you know, as long as they want to be. Hope so. Hey, man, thank you. I know we kept you a little bit longer, um, but uh, we'll, we'll certainly get you back here very soon. This uh, The Nana's Porch uh, chat box has become the Perry Orth fan club. So we'll um, we'll make sure we, we bring you back really soon, and we'll continue to fuss and discuss Gamecock football. Appreciate it, bud. All right, brother. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. Take care. Thank, thanks, Perry. Thanks, Perry. I know, I know right. we're way late for a break, so go ahead and you, you take it from here. Phil. It was It was well worth it. But we'll be out back after these messages. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864 864- 414-5271 Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stone Blanton. Hey JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone City. 
is Fresh and All-American, Nicky Memorial of the Carolina Gamecocks, and you are listening to the show with JC and Phil. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Ah. Presented to you by Express on Rooms. Sorry, I'm just, I got lost here. No. I was in the middle of doing something, and then I got caught up going around in a damn circle in what it was that I was doing. Thanks, technology. It's <laughs> 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 like, okay, click this, click this, click this. I'm like, I'm going. It's yeah. not doing anything. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, exact, that's exactly right. Uh, it is uh, 1240 here. Uh, a couple of updates coming in just a minute from what Coach Beamer had to say a reminder that today's program, as always, is powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston. ElectricBikesCharleston.com. Their store is in Mount Pleasant. They serve all of South Carolina. It is chillier than we'd like it to be today, but we all know that it's going to warm right back up again, and we know you'll want to be outside and cruising around with your family, whether you're in the mountains, the midlands, or the beach. ElectricBikesCharleston.com is Gamecock-owned and operated. That's a pretty familiar thing around here isn't it gamecock owned and operated we love that and we love doing business with michelle and her team at electric bikes of charleston on a full charge you can run about 60 miles and you don't have to be just cruising on electric either you can actually ride it like a bike and when you get tired and need to get home and have a beer on the trip you can do that too it's that easy electric bikes charleston.com magnum velotric and so much more like a vent in bikes at Electric Bikes in the Low Country, electricbikescharleston.com. Real quick before I hand it back off to the both of you, um, and I know that, uh, JC, you're probably going to plug in uh, something that you've already mentioned, and and I think Phil and I both not are ahead in agreement with you a couple of days ago about to carry on Joiner's potential future in this Carolina offense. Um, shout out to the South Carolina men's tennis team the highest ranking in program history they are number two in the country right now so they are banging that thing across the net and nobody seems to be able to beat them uh, so congratulations to them but shane beamer has been updating uh the uh the uh the media today and uh he's got so a couple of interesting little nuggets out there doesn't he love 40 play please y'all remember bon voyage charlie brown Yes. That was one of my. That's what I always movies. think of. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's what I always think of when I think about tennis. So, um, yeah. So apparently, Beamer says uh, confirmed Stone Blanton's not playing baseball. They have high hopes for him. Yep. Vershawn Lee and Nick Gargiulo are, are battling it out for the uh, the center job, uh, which isn't a surprise. It's gonna be interesting to see who comes out with it because I think. Lee, if he doesn't win the job, will probably slide over to Trey Jones' spot at guard would be my um, uh, thing. And then here's an interesting nugget, too. Uh, even though Beamer says he's still a receiver, the carry-on joiner working with the running backs today. And I did mention that yep. <laughs> a couple well. weeks ago. I can't take credit for that, though, because the first person – now, let, let's just say – for poops and giggles, that the carry on is a great running back, which I can't rule that out because I think he's really good uh, from scrimmage. I think he's best at quarterback, but obviously he's got good vision and pretty good speed, and he's six foot one, two hundred sixteen pounds. Um, 
let's say it works out. John Whittle in 2019 mentioned that this was a move that they should have made. And then mentioned it again in 2020 after Lloyd got hurt. So if, if 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 this all comes to pass, which I who knows, it's the it's the first spring practice. They're just doing a little experimenting. I think it's smart because uh, you do, you have zero depth there um, right now. Uh, so you know, Jordan may have to play running back in a pinch. But if it comes to pass, it would have to be. Uh, I would have to just give all the credit in the world to Whittle on that one. Yeah, it'd be John that made this move five years, four years ago. I'm just kidding. No, I, I, I think there's something interesting to point out here, though, guys. Okay, um, is it a is if if the if that move comes to fruition? Because I agree with you. I totally wholeheartedly agree with you, uh, JC, and what you've said. And I agree with John. He, he's a guy who's really good with the ball in his hands. We've seen it. We've known that. And 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 I've kind of mentioned it behind closed doors for a while. Hey, you know, that might be a spot he could really help. Um, especially with all the receivers they have now. Uh, with, with that said, I think it's important to differentiate. Let's say this thing does come to fruition um, that, and although it would be a, maybe a quote out of necessity type move, um, there is a difference in moving him because of depth or versus a difference in moving him because the other guys aren't any good. You yeah. See, you know what I mean? Like we'd have to kind of see how that plays out. But but I, I'm not so sure, and I'll do some digging on this. I know certainly y- y'all will as well. I'm not so yeah. sure that they're they're looking at to carry on Joiner saying he needs to play running back because our other guys aren't any good. I think it's more along the lines of well, we only got a couple around here, and it sure would be nice to have an extra one or well, two. Although they're probably going to yeah, and and right now okay, so and this is nothing against Eugene McDowell, but I think we know he's not an every down guy. He'll tell you that. Everybody will tell you that he gets worn down. He's not as fast. He, you know, he, he's just not an every down guy running between the tackles. He can run between the tackles, but if you run in between the tackles a bunch, he's going to wear down. He's 180 pounds. You have uh, Mario there who, who could be your guy, but after that, you don't have anybody, right? You got to wait, either wait on Braswell or hope for the portal or whatever. And, and yeah, I think they've got some irons in the fire in the portal and that they'll find a guy or two. But then what if you have injuries? You know, Dante Miller's on the roster right now, but uh, my understanding is it's far from a done deal that he's even eligible with an extra year next year. Uh, I think he's capable. Uh, But again, you know, this position, as banged up as these guys get in this league, you you need another guy. Yeah, you're you're right, JB. It has nothing to do with other guys not being good. I mean, they didn't walk out there today and go, well, Mario Anderson sucks. Better get to carry on over here. But um, it, it's also a way, I think, because, I, you know, what you have to ask yourself about to carry on, and I think it's clear as, as day that he is a better quarterback than a wide receiver. I, I think he's a natural quarterback. I think he has to work and fight and, and, and develop and scratch and claw at receiver. Now, so what is he at running back? That's my question. Is this a position that may be a little more natural to him? Maybe it's awkward and it's not. Uh, you know, I don't know. But uh, I know he's got the size for it. Uh, I know he can run. I know he's elusive. Uh, you know, I, I know he's got vision, but quarterback vision is a lot different than running back vision. So uh, I think it's very fascinating to see. Uh, I, I don't know that it's as much of a layup as like when Spurrier put Savelle Newton at running back and everybody was like, wow, he's the best running back on the team. 
Uh, and then he, then he blew out his Achilles and that was that, but, uh, I, I don't know if it'll be like that, but I, I, I do think it's intriguing. Um, and I, and I do think honestly, it, it, the carry on came back. He's not going to be the starting quarterback. He's probably not among your top three or four receivers, to be honest. They is a way to get it, get one of your leaders on the field more. Yeah. You know? Yep. If if even if he's a rotating back with an Anderson, and then you know Juju Juju's going to do Juju's things, right? He's still a big part of the offense. Uh, maybe it's a way to get get him kind of on the field more, more without having to go to a special package, which you also could still run uh, whenever you want to, just like they did last year. I thought the Joiner package, uh, terrible, terrible decision to run it against Georgia that early and to do it in the manner they did. But starting around the Vanderbilt game, they ran the package, and they had him throw. And then that that allowed, I think, them to have success running it against Tennessee, against Clemson, uh, in the bowl game, uh, because, you know, it, it worked. And so I, I definitely hold on to that. But if you can get him in at running back, too, I mean, hey, why not? I mean, I, I'm, I'm encouraged uh, that this is kind of – happening uh not just because i want whittle to be right but because i think that uh this could be a way not only to get carolina some depth at running back or maybe even the starter who knows but also a way to get one of your leaders on the field and playing more downs uh without having to squeeze him in uh and and maybe you know take your take your stud quarterback off the field or, or take your stud receiver off the field or whatever well, I'll tell you what, I'll say this, and we got a long ways to go before it escalates to, to this level, but if, if DeCarrion Joyner ends up ends up being a, a running back, um, and again, it's not far-fetched to think that, but if he ends up being a running back at South Carolina and, and he ends up having a good year, and when I say a good year now, I'm talking about through 12, 13 games, you know, running for four or five hundred yards—that's a pretty good year as a running back these days. If if that happens, you think about how beloved he is right now. Think about everything this guy has done in his career at Carolina at, at quarterback. Uh, he caught the the winning pass against East Carolina. Uh, I mean, he, he's he's returned kicks. He's tried a little bit of defense. Running back. I mean, you talk about Mister Gamecock. Good luck finding somebody more than, than that. So, I mean, we'll see. I don't want to get way out. I'm putting the cart way in front of the horse here. Let's calm down. But let's just fast forward to basically this time next year. If he if he ends up being a running back and having a successful season in doing so, I, I you, you'd be hard-pressed to go back in history and find somebody that literally selflessly gave more to their program than to carry on Joiner did. Right. Oh, Quantrill sure. says put Dodie at running back. Dodie's too small to play running yeah, well, back. And that, 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 and that ain't going to happen. Um, anyways, so. Xavier yeah. Short maybe yeah. can play running back. Uh, but uh, yeah. And, and he, he, here's the crazy part about DeCarrion. Now he's gotten a lot bigger. So he may have had to move. But when I saw him uh, at the Nike camp um, as a high school senior, uh, I watched him athletically the dude has great hips. Like you could tell that when he's running the football from the quarterback position, he could have been a corner, like an elite corner, but you know, Hey, (laughs) Uh, whatever, you know, so that that's the crazy part of it is like, if he's not a quarterback corner is probably his second best spot. 
in my opinion. Uh, but yeah, that's very intriguing to hear Shane uh, mention that today, I, I think. And, uh, and all that. So we, uh, we'll go from there. All right. We got to take a final break, Phil. So final break, we'll we be back do. to wrap it up on a terrific Tuesday. Ooh, terrific Tuesday right here on inside the game. Yeah. show. Days of being back in the pool and boat are quickly approaching. Many of us don't have the time to hit the gym, but Charleston Fitness Equipment can change that for you. Outfit your home with a treadmill, elliptical, or my favorite, a home rower that allows you to row with the pros all over the world. They have free weights, home gyms, flooring, and much more that makes keeping or getting in shape much more convenient. Located in Mount Pleasant, visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com for more. Get in shape like our Gamecocks. Charleston Fitness Equipment, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Daddy, I want you to take me to Disney World. Calm down, calm down. JC is here. As you all know, folks, the family and I have visited Disney World many times, but it can be overwhelming, especially if it's your first time going to the most magical place on Earth. I highly recommend wherethisroadleads.com and my friend Cherie, a certified Disney vacation planner. That's right. The mouse has given her permission to book your family vacation hassle-free. You don't know where to go, don't know where to stay, don't know where to eat, don't know what to do. It can be overwhelming. So get on wherethisroadleads.com and schedule your free consultation right now. She can help you out. The prices are very reasonable. You don't pay any extra fees. Uh, in fact, she's much more reasonable maybe than booking it straight through Disney. So for your next Disney vacation or, you know, more likely your first, so you don't panic, go to wherethisroadleads.com and talk to Sheree, certified Disney vacation planner, a partner of Inside the Game Cox the Show. This is Braylon Wimmer, South Carolina Gamecock Baseball, and you are listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Go Cox! Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Final segment of today's show will be a short one because we ran long with both our guests today. Hope you enjoyed those interviews. I know everybody hated both of them, so, uh, you know, we may never have them back on again. Uh, That's no, fine. But uh, yeah. I think we, we were talking about the joiner before the break. Here's the thing that I think is just was <laughs> has just been awful about the joiner situation is. It's glaringly obvious that this guy is a dynamic playmaker with the ball in his hands. And it has taken until his final year to finally realize that if you shorten the distance between him and the ball, <laughs> you can get it in his hands more consistently. So that's the only thing I'll say about that. But, you it, know. Well, I think it's uh, – while I, I certainly agree with a lot of that, I don't, or I don't disagree with it, I mean, it's all – it is circumstantial. We have to remember that as well. They've had some really no, good running course, backs yeah. here the last couple of years, and you know, they haven't needed necessarily. They 
it, I, I guess what I'm getting at is anything they've needed him to do, he's done it. He's there, and, yeah. You know, he's just Mr. – I mean, it, like, think about life for a second. Don't you want somebody working like that in your office? You know, don't you don't 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 you don't you want somebody like that in your home? Don't you want somebody like that that lives in your cul-de-sac or in your neighborhood? Like, you you need you need something. I mean, I, I got you. What what do you need? You know, um, mm-hmm. it's just it's it's something. I think I saw somebody said he's going to go far in life, and I, it's just I think it's a great way to 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 put that. Somebody, by the way, did ask Shane today. And I don't know who it was, and I don't want to. I'm not going to, you know, I want to out anybody here. But somebody did ask him if Lenore Sellers was being considered to play anything other than quarterback. I'm glad. I'm glad Shane answered that question the way he did. He's a quarterback. Period. Um, so, I mean, come on, you know. But anyways, we'll we'll, we'll move on from that. Why? I, I, my last my last quick nugget of the day. I know JC's got it on his screen. Is National Pie Day, and while that may be true, it's also National Potato Chip Day. And I am a big time sucker for potato chips. Does anybody yes. here? By the way, there's so many out there. I love them all. I literally eat a whole bag of them if somebody lets me. Even if they don't let me, I will. But but every time I bite into just a nacho cheese Dorito, I just I just remind myself every time those are the best chips ever created. Wow, that's a strong contender. It is. I like Bugles and Fritos. Yeah, I I like Fritos too. I I think it's an easier question to ask somebody: Is there a potato chip that's bad? Like, is there one that just isn't good? Oh, depending on my mood. I had one recently that was not all that good. You know, I find there's a huge variance in tortilla chips from brand to brand, and there yes. are bad tortilla chips. I have run across some bad tortilla That's fair. That's yes. fair. Mm-hmm. That's fair. But beyond yeah, that, so- JB, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, birthdays today, Steph Curry and Albert Einstein. Oh. Oh. So there's two. Golly, uh, you were born on Einstein's birthday. Well, Hannah, um, that's right. Yeah, so Einstein's birthday. Billy Crystal birthday today. Um, I like a bunch like of Marianne people I've here. never heard of. I eat all chips. <laughs> yeah, look, man, that Sellers. That, I don't know who asked that Sellers question. Uh, maybe it's somebody that thought they got a tip or something. But look, uh, and people in the chat box are talking about like Dodie. Will Dodie be the starter, or will Tanner Bailey beat him out? You need to throw Lenora Sellers into that too. I mean, the the dude is a freak athlete, but he's not an he's not just an athlete. He's a quarterback <laughs> uh, and a and a really accomplished one. I mean, you talk to people around the country that evaluate talent, and and it's kind of, I mean, it, it, it kind of shows you that sometimes like people in, in my former industry do rankings way too early. And then nobody wants to be wrong. They want to be right two years in advance, which is totally unrealistic. So they don't move guys down. So it's hard for guys to move up. And so with Sellers, you know, the word is, had he had, had this been his junior year, he would have gone in as a top five player and the number one quarterback in the country, um, which is a uh, you know compliment, which means they like him, uh, but also tells me why the hell isn't he higher now? I mean, you know. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, that's, uh, that's the thing. So I don't, don't, 
No, Sellers is not moving. I mean, like, look, let, let's say Sellers' arm fell off or he had a rotator cuff issue that, or something. That would be a problem. Yeah, yeah <laughs> or, or his fingers <laughs> fell off, you know. Yeah, I mean, he's big and athletic enough to play end or whatever you want to. The guy runs 4'4 at 6'3", 235. Yeah. Now, wouldn't you want that guy at quarterback? Sounds like a stud quarterback to me. No, he's a bigger Dak Prescott is what I think he is. I wouldn't mm-hmm. want Dak Prescott at quarterback. Nah, not a winner. No, I'm, I'm more of a uh I'm more of a uh I don't know, maybe maybe more of like a Tommy Beecher type guy or I'm just kidding. Tommy's such a great guy. <laughs> that was a little Come on, man. Come on, Jamie. You know, Tommy's you know, why why you gotta go there? Why you gotta do stuff like that? <laughs> Tommy yeah. Beecher, he's gonna be our starter. You know, I'm I'm more I'm, of a more of a flint type guy before he tore both of his arms up. How about that? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Well, I. And clearly pick it back up and have it until the season starts, basically. Chew on this. You ever seen the depth chart better than this one in Carolina's quarterback room? Because I sure haven't. I don't know. Yeah, not that I recall. <laughs> Quattrell says Anthony Richardson light. Uh, Lenoris is probably already better than Anthony Richardson as a quarterback. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not as high on Richardson. I, I think he's got a long way to go to play that position. But we'll see. We'll see. I'm not here. I'm not here. I, I, I'm real high on Norris, though, and as I am on Bailey and everybody else. So we'll see what happens. Anyway. Amazing. All right, fellas. Well, thanks mm-hmm. to Perry both and Hale McGranahan for joining us. Real good stuff if you missed it. It's going to be uh, up on in all podcast versions here shortly. It's available on our YouTube page. It's available on thebigspur.com. Pretty much anywhere you turn, it's available. Uh, we'll be available tomorrow again at 11 o'clock, as we always are. Coming up on Thursday, by the way, we're adding Patrick Davis to our list of guests this week. He's got a show in the low country next week amongst many that he'll be playing can't wait to get him in here he's so much fun to talk to and uh stewart lake will rejoin us on friday as well so it's going to be another fun week for jc and phil i'm jb i hope you all get outside and enjoy the sun while it's out see you tomorrow at 11 on inside the gamecocks the show from the sinorama studios <laughs>